Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I've heard from various pastors that anxiety and anxiety disorder uh, among Christians is, uh, or are at an all-time high. And the correlation to this is that the use of private confession and absolution uh, among Christians is at an all-time low. Uh, private absolution exists to relieve guilt and anxiety. We call this in the church the office of the keys. The image is of a person who is in jail, and, and a messenger comes from the judge with the keys in hand to unlock the jail cell, saying, you have been set free, you've been declared free. But in our society, it seems that, that many are content to tell the messenger, the guy with the keys, I don't need you. I don't think I need you. Jesus' death on the cross won freedom for the world. And at the resurrection, God the Father declared the whole world would be set free. Jesus wants that message of forgiveness and repentance to be preached in his name to all the world. And he gives specific instructions on how this is supposed to be done. He says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. This is the office of the keys. It's the personal application to you of the forgiveness of sins that were won at the cross and declared to the world at the resurrection. The office of the keys, the duty to apply this forgiveness of sins, is the job of the church. It is the sole reason the church exists. Unfortunately, Churches today in our country feel it's their job to do almost anything but. But the forgiveness of sins is something that we desperately need in our day more than ever. Because the forgiveness of sins means a clean conscience. A conscience free from guilt. A conscience free from anxiety. If the violent riots this past week in Madison have revealed anything. It's that in June of 2020, everyone has an incredible and, and, and dangerous amount of pent-up anxiety. So Peter says in our epistle, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And right away, Peter says, watch out. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So the devil wants the exact opposite for you. He doesn't want you to be free from anxiety. He wants you to suffer in it. The devil is the accuser. In fact, the, the name Satan is simply the, the Hebrew translation of the word accuser. 
The devil sees our sin and accuses us for it. He, he tries to make us despair, to make us believe that we have sunk so deep in our sin that there is no way out, not even God can help me. And the devil succeeds because we really do a bad job of casting our anxiety on Jesus. More often, we try to remove ourselves from the accusations and put our neighbor on trial instead of us and accuse them. We don't watch out for the devil. We take the devil's place. We say, ah, devil, you, you've worked hard. You go rest. Let me do the accusing. This is at the heart of what's going on in our society today. Different groups holding up and magnifying and accusing the guilt of other people. Or even creating guilt, taking the devil's place as accuser. Our society loves pointing out the faults and the sins in other people. And sometimes even fabricating sins and reasons that you should feel guilty. You know all those things that you should be doing? Those things that you should be doing if you not only want to be uh, not racist but anti-racist. Those things that you should be doing uh, as a mom or a dad so you don't mess up your kids. Uh, like how you should be spending 30 hours a day giving them everything they could possibly need uh, for 16 years from now when they get to college. Everything that you should be doing. For sure, we are guilty of sins of omission of not doing what we should. But our society does not know how to handle anxiety. It does not understand how to deal with consciences. I read something just yesterday that said, if you feel guilty for, for some social sin, because of course you are, the solution is to try harder. Try harder. That's horrible advice. But we believe it. And so our society and our, our, our anxiety never goes away, but gets worse and worse and worse because we ourselves know that we could never be good enough. We take the devil's place and, and accuse not only others for their sins, but, but ourselves. And the devil devours us by making us despair, causing us to, to wallow not only in our real sins, but also in whatever social sins and in all the ways that we perceive that we have been a failure. And we tend to think when we've fallen into despair that there is no, big of a, no, there is no one as big as a failure as me especially when we see what we perceive to be the perfect lives of other people, especially on social media, especially not being able to be physically present with other people face-to-face. -face. We project the worst on ourselves. But Peter says that you are not alone. He says, you know that the same kinds of sufferings are being laid on your brotherhood all over the world. While everyone in the world has different troubles and different 
sufferings. And some may suffer more or less at various points in their lives. There is not one single person on earth or in this church that is exempt from suffering or suffering greatly. The same kinds of sufferings are being laid on your brotherhood all over the world. Friends, Jesus has come not for the righteous, but for sinners. Yes, that means he's come even for the chief of sinners like you and me. But thankfully, Jesus knows how to deal with sinners. Jesus knows how to relieve their consciences, their burdens, their cares, and their anxieties. He goes to them one-on-one, like a lost sheep. He goes to them gently to show them their sin and to bring them back to his fold. God doesn't deal with, the, with guilt the way, the way the rest of the world does by telling them to try harder. God forgives sin. Who is a God like you who forgives guilt? And the way he does this today is through holy absolution, the office of the keys given to all Christians in general and in particular to pastors. Christ puts his words of forgiveness and peace into the mouth of the pastor to speak to individual sinners in private counseling, in one-on-one meetings, in private confession and absolution. Like the prophet Nathan going to King David to show David his great sin. So pastors continue going today to call sinners to repentance and to faith. See, a good conscience, a conscience that is free from anxiety, is not a conscience without sin. A good conscience is a forgiven conscience. To cast all our anxiety on Jesus doesn't mean that we don't have anything to be guilty for. It means Jesus has forgiven us and taken all of that away. I I came across this story told in a book about the pastoral ministry that seems very fitting for our day. There was a graduate student who was in the middle of his residency at a hospital. And he said this. He said, I'm so glad since beginning my residency here that I'm a Lutheran. And he was asked, well, why would that matter? He said, I don't know if you know much about us, but we Lutherans are very big on sin. We believe that one is always a sinner. Even after you become a Christian, you're still a sinner. In fact, we believe that Christians are among the greatest sinners. And he was asked, well, why would that be of help to you? And he said, well, each morning as I enter this hospital and I stop for a moment to look at this huge medical apparatus laid out before me and I think to myself that a lot of good will be done here today. But I also know that a lot of bad will be done as well. And the sad thing is we usually don't know the difference until much later, until we can't do anything about it. 
For nearly every astounding medical advance, there's a corresponding medical tragedy. I've never been with a group of people who always thought they were right, who indeed must be right. When something goes wrong in there, like when a patient dies, you wouldn't believe the defensiveness. They keep reassuring themselves, we did everything right. We followed the proper procedures. Nothing can be blamed on us. Then I say, well, the patient did die. Surely something went wrong. You just can't imagine what great gift it is to begin something as morally ambiguous as modern medicine with the assumption that you are a sinner, a forgiven one, but still a sinner. If there's ever been a time in the history of the world when the right way forward is so morally ambiguous, it's right now. Whether it be how to handle this pandemic, our economy, the problems of injustice, or more personally, with how to raise your children, the best way to be a mother, a father, the best way to be a friend, a spouse. We have so many paths in our lives where the right way forward is not clear. And we do want to do the best thing. And so we have many things to be anxious about. But Jesus calls us to cast all our anxiety on him, for he cares for us. What a great gift that has been given to us, that the burden of our sin, the guilt that we carry for the, for the things that, that aren't even sins, even for the mistakes that we have yet to make and will make, the burden of all of our sin has been forgiven. If you feel burdened, know that my door is always open for private confession and absolution. I will hear your sin, your anxiety. I won't accuse you. I won't tell you to try harder, to do better. In fact, anything you tell me in private counseling stays that way. I will give you the words of Jesus that he's given to me, that your sins are forgiven that you are restored to be at peace with God so that you can be established in your life to live your life without guilt and that Jesus strengthens you daily to fulfill your vocations, to fulfill your vocations faithfully and that you are supported as you face daily burdens and struggles. This is how God deals with anxious and troubled consciences with the forgiveness of sins. He is the God of all grace, who will not magnify your sin, but will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you. To him be, be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.